Welcome to this week's Fit for Purpose podcast. I'm delighted to say that I'm joined by Monica Arino. She's Director of Public Policy UK and Ireland at Amazon. Amazon is one of those leading organisations that has really committed to play a leading role in levelling up and taking a leading role also helping us shape the levelling up goals. And what we're interested in doing with Amazon in particular is not only looking at the metrics, the indicators and how we really measure impact, but also seeing what they're doing as a business, working with very different communities around the country. And and Monica, perhaps if I start with you you and your role, I mean, you only joined Amazon in April 2020, (laughs) right at the beginning of the pandemic. And I guess for Amazon as a company also, there was a real challenge as we got into that first lockdown of gearing up the Amazon machine because, of course, people's shopping habits were very different, but you were also thinking about what you could do as a business to work more closely with government on the pandemic response. Tell us a little bit about those those early weeks in the role for you and, and what, it, what it was like at Amazon. Um, thank you, Justine. Thank you very much for inviting me to to be part of this podcast series is a real honor. The, as you say, I joined in April. This was the first lockdown and I had um, I was homeschooling three kids and I had to build a team virtually. So at a personal level, it, it felt like quite a challenge, not what I had anticipated would be um, the start of a, of a new job. Amazon at the time um, was really focused on on responding to to the emerging sort of threats and 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 the pandemic it's it's famously a company that that looks ahead and that can move very fast and at the time it absolutely did uh, it very quickly recognized the importance of that, that testing would would come to have and so um, they decided to to build an in-house testing capabilities from scratch to test regularly frontline employees whether or not they had symptoms um, and this meant building um, an in-house lab, uh, which which we did in Salford, uh, started testing people um, in in September, and and so far um, we've tested over over one million. We've performed, I should say, over one million tests for employees in the UK, in the UK and in Europe. So that was that was very much um, trying to, um, I think, protect employees and, and the broader communities and. We, we picked sulfur for a mix of reasons. Um, and I think that that is also perhaps worth, worth sort of noting because it, it's a good example of how we work uh, with local government who were incredibly supportive and understood the importance and the urgency of what we were trying to do. Um, and we had an existing site there uh, that was earmarked for, some, for something else, but that allowed us to, to move very quickly. And, and we also knew that geographically, this is the right part of the UK to keep transports and results turnarounds as short as possible. Um, we know because we have sites in Manchester that the skill space locally um, is, is really good and that we could recruit a brilliant team of scientists. So, so there were a few reasons why, why we picked Salford. Um, we also uh, used our, our logistics um, capability and, and our transport to, to support the government delivery of tests. Um, delivering, um, I think, in total, nearly seven million across the UK, waiving all fees. So we were we were very focused on 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 supporting on supporting that that effort. And Monica, did you have to almost, as a business, set up an entire team really just dedicated to these 
distinct new operations that were part of what Amazon was doing in relation to, to tackling the, the COVID pandemic alongside government? Yes, we did. Um, we had to, and, and there were a number of teams, um, all very sort of focused, ultra-focused, and with a real sense of purpose on, on what they were trying to deliver. Um, Amazon is a big company, but, but it, has, um, it has a culture um, and a way of working that allows it to, to put together teams with clear, with clear objectives and, and, and clear goals um, and to move at pace. And I was really impressed by, by how the COVID response worked. Um, that, that was the case on the specific projects. Of course, then there was kind of the general leadership and, and, and you know, people across the company learning to, to how, you know, to, to play a role themselves in protecting employees, adapting ways of working, making sure that people could work from home and that people that were on site were catered for. We, we introduced a lot of changes to our processes um, and our systems on site. Um, and, and, you know, later on, we partnered with the British Chambers of Commerce actually to showcase to other businesses the changes we had made so that they could learn uh, mm -hmm. from that. And, and we had many businesses visiting our sites and, and great feedback from, from that as well. It's really interesting. And of course, behind all of this that was happening with COVID in a sense were those existing inequalities which really had driven, I think, both government and businesses to look at what, what we could collectively do on levelling up. Yeah. From an Amazon perspective, um, where does levelling um, leveling up fit into you? I've always felt that, you know, we've understood on the other big challenge we face, which is net zero, that the private sector has a key role to play. And, and I think that's becoming ever clearer on the levelling up challenge. What's it mean for a company like Amazon? We, we are very clear that we have a role, a role to play and that all businesses have a role to play. Um, we, we are very conscious of our, of our size and our scale um, and the fact that we're a very big employer. So, so to some extent, I think we, you know, I would start with, with jobs and, and uh, as a large employer and, and with operations uh, all over the country, um, we, we have that, that opportunity to, to provide lots of people with, you know, with, with, with jobs. Um, we have sites in, in Doncaster, we have sites in Tilbury, very close to London, and, you know, in all of these places, whether they're in the north or in the south, uh, you do have, you, you have regional disparities and, and you have a number of, of deprived communities, and our sites are often um, in, in those communities. And so, um, starting with the obvious, it is, it is about jobs, and we work very closely uh, locally um, with, you know, Job Centre Plus and pre-employment training programmes and sector-based work academies uh, to, to support upskilling the unemployed workers um, and, and prepare them to be successful with, with their own recruitment processes. Um, and that is working really well. I mean, just to give you some, some figures here, but last year, uh, these programmes uh, or through these programs, we employed over a thousand people that had been long-term unemployed. Um, and if I look at some specific regions, I was, I was looking at some of the numbers before our, our, our chat today, um, just in the West Midlands, where we employ around 4,000 people, over half had never, uh, had not been employed before and 11% had never been in employment before. So that is, that is a very first step, I would say, but, but of course it's more than just providing jobs, that, that's essential. Um, but we are, 
we are very keen on, on, on the skills agenda um, and making sure that, um, you know, in addition to the jobs, we make a difference in the communities, tackling climate change, as you say, and promoting social mobility, uh, which I know matters enormously to, to, to you and, and, and this is purpose. Do you feel that, in a sense, the pandemic made what you were already doing just simply a lot more urgent and almost helped crystallise the opportunity that Amazon had to make an even bigger difference in the future? So you could take some of these initiatives that were already underway, but then really say, actually, what can we do to make them even bigger and more, more impactful? Absolutely. Um, that, that is that is so true, and um, the, the pandemic has undoubtedly compounded um, the need for upskilling and reskilling. So we were doing we were doing a lot already, um, but um, our, our leadership feels very passionate about this. And, and something that we have done is supercharge some of the programs that we already had. And Monica, what are the, so what would what would some of the programs evolve? What do you end up doing with people? How do you upskill or reskill them? So we have a program that we call Career Choice, um, and this is a program um, that is that is designed for employees um, and that are looking to pursue a career outside of Amazon. So through Career Choice, we will cover ninety five percent of all tuition, books, and fees, uh, with a budget of of up to eight thousand uh, pounds, to allow employees whilst they're working to study um, mm -hmm. for for other things and. Um, through this course, at the moment, we have 3,500 participants already, but, but earlier this year, we announced a commitment of 10 million pounds to train up to 5,000 employees through, through this program. And uh, the, stories, the stories are great. I mean, these programs really, really can make a difference. We have a colleague who came to the UK age 19 and started working for us uh, as an agency worker and then became a fixed um, employee and after one year she started in in, in this program um, and worked um, and studied whilst building a family and studying in the evenings and then moved on to work for the NHS um, wow. th that's just one story but but there are many many like that so lots of change and of course I think the other area that I really wanted to to ask you about was the work with SMEs because I felt for a long time that often when we talk about levelling up an opportunity, you know, in a sense, it, it's clear that a company as big as Amazon has a real leadership role to play. But at the same time, actually, most people and most businesses are much, much smaller and they're working in small businesses. So tell us a little bit about what Amazon is doing in that whole SME support area. And, and, and if you like, I think what is easy to miss is how many SMEs use the Amazon platform to actually yeah. sell their products. Yeah, that is that that is absolutely true. Small small companies are really at the heart of, of Amazon's business. Um, more than half of all the products that we that we sell on Amazon in the UK um, and around the world are from independent sellers, and many of these are, are small businesses. Um, and, and we have over sixty five thousand SMEs using using our platform. Um, as the pandemic hit, of course, you know, every, everyone was, was moving online and we have a lot of experience in that, in that area. Um, so one of the things we did last summer was to launch something um, that we call the Amazon Small Business Accelerator, mm -hmm. working with Enterprise Nation. Um, and this was to help um, 
you know businesses start a kind of a digital a digital presence or, or grow or scale and export whether or not they sell on amazon so we were not doing this for, for, for people selling on amazon um and uh, and we've supported over 200,000 uh, smes in just over a year we've exceeded our sort of our targets um and, and through this program we provide um, access to expert advisors. Um, we provide virtual training events that we call boot camps, and we've done all, all sorts of boot camps um, all around the country. We, we've had support from some of the metro mayors in in our launches, and we've also uh, tailored some of those um, boot camps to particular sort of groups uh, with particular needs. So, for example, earlier this year there was there was a boot camp specifically uh, designed to help Black-owned business expand their mm -hmm. online operations, which was supported by Hatch Enterprise. And, and it was really, really inspirational um, to, to do that. We've had some other boot camps uh, focusing on sustainability or on exports uh, to help to help SMEs export through Amazon. That's something that we can that we can support with our logistics capability. And, and we've had fantastic results this year on exports, an increase of 20%, uh, in fact, of, of, of SMEs export despite some of the headwinds that that of course the pandemic and, and brexit have have created which was which was really incredible and and in this sme space i think the one thing that i would emphasize is how well we work in partnership with others we've worked really well with enterprise nation and as i said with hutch enterprise but also with combined authorities around the country who have the knowledge in the ground of, of what is needed um, i know their patch obviously much better than than we than we do, and so we're trying to partner um, with with others, um, making sure that we can add value where we have where we have a unique uh, skill or expertise. And so clearly, that's been really, really popular. How, in a sense, how have you grown it so rapidly? Is it word of mouth, or how do the SMEs find out about what what you're offering that they can then clearly take advantage of? Well, a lot of it is is the partnerships. In fact, I think I think working with Enterprise Nation was was essentially because they have that network and that and that access to to SMEs, mm -hmm. um, and also supporting you know having the support of of, of government um, and local partners um, has also helped. Um, so it's it's really it's really that combination. I I'm not sure how much of word of mouth there might have been. I'm sure there is some of that, but um, but it is really using existing existing networks. And clearly, I mean, I think what's really interesting is this sense that comes across of Amazon sort of understanding, if you like, its capacity and capability, but then also understanding that if it's going to use it to help more broadly across society, whether, whether it's um, leveling up or anything else, that it's going to have to work collaboratively, isn't it, with, with other people and, and that... I think that's the big step that Amazon is increasingly taking is, is that willingness to really partner with other, other organizations to really get things achieved. Absolutely, and, and you're an example of that, uh, Justine, and, and this is purpose. I think that is, that is essential. We have a role to play, like many other businesses, but we, you know, we're just one of many, um, and we cannot scale and, and, and size to some things, but we absolutely need um, the knowledge that, that others provide. And we partner at all levels. Some of our partnerships are big. Some of our other partnerships are, you know, with, with charities on the ground or with, with schools and the likes of Bernardo's and Magic Breakfast as well. 
Um, so, so the partnerships really, really vary at, at a local level and, and within the community. We're putting a lot of focus and effort on, on schools mm -hmm. um, and inspiring um, children, secondary, secondary education children particularly, to, um, to, pursue, to pursue careers in tech. I know that lots of other companies do, do that as well. And having, having looked at what we do, I've been really sort of impressed by, by how much we do. Um, in that space and also some of the new programs that we that we want to launch there is something we've just actually um, launched this as a pilot which we call class chat mm -hmm. and it's a it's a virtual career talk program where employees connect with secondary students from low-income backgrounds to share insights from their own journey in the tech sector and then help them understand what it's like to work in the tech industry and, and what it takes to get there and um, it, it's gone really well and, and you know, we, we look to sort of expand that, but sometimes those partnerships start small and then, yeah. and then if they work and if they succeed, we, we grow them. So we, you know, although we're a big company, we, we do have a number of, of little, little seeds that we're planting in various places and, and see what happens. Well, you're almost so big that you can trial things and even, even piloting them can have a big impact and I would expect that a lot of the employees involved in doing the class chat program probably really enjoy talking about what they're doing their careers and and sort of seeing you know potentially a new generation of young people really fired up about coming to work in the tech sector exactly yes that that, that is that is so true and and I think it applies to everyone doesn't it that you you are often inspired um, by others um, that plant these ideas in your mind that, that you didn't have uh, before and, and, and suggest things that you didn't think you could, you could perhaps do and then, and then that opens your horizons and then you go on and, and do them. But, but it's, often, it's often external influence and inspiration rather than just pure personal drive. Yeah, and I think it's very hard to aim for opportunities that you don't even know exist or you yeah. don't really understand. And often, you know, it can be quite a, a brief encounter with someone that, mm -hmm. you know, helps open up your eyes. And, and clearly, I think purpose really matters to every business because it really is about businesses understanding and being clear about how, how they're going to be a, a force for good in a wider world. But obviously that, I mean, that holds for people as well. And, you know, Monica, from your perspective, joining Amazon, this massive company, um, you know, what, what drove you and what drives you in terms of the difference you want to make with that role? I, I think whenever when anyone is asked this question, they, they probably all say the same thing, which is they want to make a difference uh, in their own way and in their own sphere of influence. and. Um, and I am the same. Um, the, the move, the move to Amazon, for me was was a big was a big challenge. It's one of the most extraordinary companies on earth, and and what it has done and what it continues to do is is mind blowing. Um, and like many other businesses, when when I was thinking of, of going to Amazon, I, I did recognize that whatever it chooses to do, and and how it chooses to go about it will affect many many people. Um, and it can shape UK society and, and the future of the planet. And that's why policymakers are rightly scrutinizing us uh, more and more because of that potential impact. Um, but one of the things that I would say, and, and something that is driving me uh, right now, is that many policymakers, um, and frankly, many of my dearest friends, are, 
unaware or, or suspicious or skeptical and, and perhaps often all of those things of what the company actually does and the mm -hmm. impact that it has. And in my small way, I, I want to change that because I do think uh, Amazon has a, a better story to tell than it's given credit for. Mm -hmm. I'm also very aware that Amazon is not perfect, of course, and, and that we need to continue to, to change and improve. Uh, so for me, it's part, it's part of, of being or being part of that change um, as well um, inside the company, but then also helping, helping tell a, a, a better story outside the company. And I guess what you're saying is, sure, um, there, are, there are always the problems, but let's not lose sight of the solutions and the opportunities to, to really make a difference on the ground for people when you're a company that this is, that's that big. Yeah, yeah. And, and that is something that I, I can see, I can see our leadership absolutely committed, committed to do. I, I look at our new UK country manager and he has made being a force for good one of his top priorities alongside focusing on, on people issues such as diversity and inclusion and mental health mm -hmm. um, and the future of work uh, post-pandemic. And, and he's truly inspiring in how, how he talks about this. And I am definitely optimistic and excited about, about that future. Um, it's also really encouraging to see internally uh, our leadership being or uh, encouraging us to be humble and thoughtful about the impacts of, of, of Amazon. Um, and this is something we're already thinking, thinking about before, um, but, but Amazon likes to, to write things down. And in fact, um, just last month, uh, we introduced a new uh, leadership principle. Leadership principles are the principles that sort of uh, drive our culture internally. Mm -hmm. uh, and there's a new one, uh, which, is, which is all about um, thinking every day about how we can do better for customers, but also employees. Mm -hmm. uh, and our partners and also the world at large. So not just accepting the status quo, constantly saying, is there a way we can do this better for everyone, basically, whether they're inside the company, whether they're buying products through the company or whether they're in that wider community. And as you said, you know, you're you have a lot of different well, certainly the fulfillment centers are big em big employers um, in the localities that they're in. So there's this incredible footprint now, isn't there, for Amazon that could really, really genuinely extend a lot more opportunities in all, all ways to a lot more people. Yes, correct. And, and we, we have that big scale and, and I think we're very conscious that we have a big responsibility. Um, mm -hmm. And now we want to be very explicit about that and, and drive that culture internally really interesting and I mean obviously so you you've got this crucial role now obviously at Amazon but tell us Monica a little bit about your own career journey how do you end up in <laughs> in that sort of you know public policy role and, and but where did you start I mean when you were at school did you think you'd be going in this direction what did you want to do then I, I had no idea what I wanted to do then and um and you know, careers are, are a funny thing. With hindsight, you, you can look at a CV and it all pans out nicely. But, but the truth <laughs> is that it's inevitable, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, and so when you're in a job interview, you can always explain and, and make some sense of, of your past. But the truth is that for me, it feels fairly accidental. I, I started, um, well, I, I grew up in Spain and I, and I studied there. And, and then I moved into academia 
uh, and left Spain after university to. And what, to study. what did you studied, Monica? So what I, was your subject? I, I studied law. Mm -hmm. I've never worked as a lawyer. Um, and uh, it's just because I did like some of the Perry Mason movies, actually. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so fair enough. I'm not sure if, 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 if that was kind of the good, good reason. But um, I, I went into academia um, through various grants and lived in various European cities and, and, and the US. And those were very formative years for me because it is the first time that I was exposed to other people and other cultures mm -hmm. and, and other ideas. Um, in Spain, when you go to university, most people stay and live at home, and and I, I didn't sort of leave leave home until until then. Um, and then I I came to London seventeen years ago and became a public servant. So I, I started, and I still have, I would say, a very strong public service ethos mm -hmm. uh, that drives me. And I worked in in a regulator, um, being really inspired at the time by by lots of mentors and colleagues that I met uh, in a truly great organization that gave me lots of opportunities um, and, and that made me look at um, kind of the impact of th that communication services had on consumers and citizens. Universal mm -hmm. access broadband, for instance, is, is so critical to, to be able to participate in society. Um, and then I moved to the other side. I, I sort of crossed, literally crossed the river and mm -hmm. went to work for BT. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and there my role was was actually not that dissimilar. I was still trying to find alignment between BT's objectives and those of the regulator and those of government. Mm -hmm. um, and at Amazon, I, I often also find myself being the translator between the internal and the external world. Um, mm. So effectively now, I suppose, I mean, my observation would be that you end up with net zero and leveling up being top of you know, the country's agenda, but actually it remarkably mirrors the ESG agenda that a lot of companies have, you know, steadily looked at more now. So I guess there's more alignment, Monica, today than perhaps there has been really up until now in the past. I think that's right. The, the, the challenges are now so big and, and and the solution requires everybody working in partnership, as, as we've as we've talked about before. Um, and so those are th those are challenges where companies companies like Amazon do recognize that the role they play. Our supply chain is big. We, we have huge ambitions mm -hmm. on the sustainability agenda, big commitments, um, and also a determination to to make those a reality. Um, but, but that's not just about what we do, it's about how we inspire other companies to come to this journey and how we work with our supply chain yeah. um, to, 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 to support others uh, in that journey as well, how we work uh, skilling and, and upskilling employees and others so that people have the skills they're gonna need for the future. And a lot of those things I think were quite, might have existed in companies and in the corporate world, definitely, um, uh, uh, but were perhaps quite insular, whereas now I think that the halo effect um, of a lot of those things, it's it's pretty significant, and we're very very aware of that. I mean, it's it's really fantastic having you you involved as a as a business. But you, Monica, when you look back on your career, obviously there's a long way to go in it. But what would you say you're proudest of? Actually, the proudest career moment. I hope it's still to come. I um I don't know if I don't know if there's anything that I that I would pick. I think my. My proudest moments um, are more those times when 
as a manager, I've taken a, a bet on on a person based less mm -hmm. on on their CV and maybe more the, the, the potential uh, that I saw mm -hmm. and 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 the possibility that I thought they had to make a difference. And, and I've had a number of, of examples through through my career here in the UK where I've seen amazing people grow and go on and do better things. And it's always made me really proud that I played a little role in unleashing and nurturing that that potential as the manager. So it's it's perhaps more micro moments than, than a big bang. Really interesting. And learnings that you've taken from your journey that you think would be helpful for, for other people, what, what would you say they are? I would say one of the things is is how to deal with conflict and disagreement, and and I think one of the best ways is really to avoid making it personal, and <laughs> thinking back to what's right for the organisation that you belong and that you represent, and and it's back to its purpose actually, uh, and that's why purpose really matters because it helps solve conflict within teams or between teams or between organisations or indeed between regions or political parties as you'll know better than than I do. <laughs> And so I think I think often, you know, what I have found is that most people tend to agree on on the objectives and the goals. And if I look at the leveling up goals, for instance, it's very, very hard to disagree with anything. Um, but I'm sure people will have different views on what's the best way to get there. But as long as you can bring things back to the purpose and what's the right thing to do, um, I think I think you can make progress. And, and, and that is something that that I've learned over time, it wasn't obvious or intuitive initially. I think that's absolutely spot on. And it's this sense of finding ways to see where the common ground is and, and actually not being too worried if people have different ideas about how to achieve some, you know, the common goal, because actually yeah. it's that diversity of thought that is probably how you get the solution. So mm -hmm. as you say, it's, it's not about having the different opinions and disagreements that doesn't really matter so much. It's about enabling, you know, being, being able to get the good that comes from that debate rather than it being a bad thing, because actually, you know, as you say, you make it more of a personal thing than it really is. Exactly. So looking, looking back now, I mean, obviously um, it's, it has been a really interesting, you know, you've, you've worked in different countries you've been in really different different roles I guess along the way but mm -hmm. obviously now you're a woman leading mm -hmm. the way in what is a huge global business what sort of advice would you give to like a younger Monica um starting out in their career today do you think um probably not be afraid to um to make mistakes and 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 use them as an opportunity to learn mm -hmm. i i think i would i would tell myself to keep a bit of perspective and, and trust my instincts uh, and also not take myself too seriously because things mm -hmm. it's just a job uh, and sometimes mm -hmm. that, that that is also perhaps useful to to put things into perspective so always always have a sense of the bigger picture in a way mm -hmm. exactly Brilliant. Really, really good advice. Final quick fire question that I ask everyone. What's your favorite book or favorite movie, Monica? And why? <laughs> um, um, I, I can't pick a book. There, there would be too many. So I'm going to go for a movie. Um, and I think I would pick a Wes Anderson movie. I, I love all of his movies, the sarcasm and mm -hmm. um, how magical and, and surreal they feel. Um, I would pick Moonrise Kingdom. 
mm -hmm. which is a particularly quirky and um, a particularly quirky one, full of adventure and and just happy. It's a, it's a happy movie with a fantastic cast and and brilliant music. Which in fact, um, I, I did use one of the soundtracks for my um, for my wedding at the Peckham Registry Office. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Well, well, that's a really great movie to pick. Um, Monica Arrigno um, of Amazon, it's been fantastic having you on. We're really delighted that, you know, you're going to be working with us on the levelling up goals and the metrics and, you know, and all those pilots as solutions on how what you do can help level up as well. So fantastic to have Amazon on board and fantastic to get you on the podcast, Monica. Thank you so much. Well, thank you, Justine and, and the team. It's really, it's really a pleasure to be working with you and, and, and your team. And uh, thank you very much for inviting me. Thank you. <laughs>